Hello, everybody, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight, and our guest today is Alea Dow, a sound healer and a spiritual guide who has been practicing alternative healing for 20 years. She produced a powerful CD called Awaken with Grammy Award-winning composer and musician Barry Goldstein, and I've just so enjoyed listening to it. Today, we're going to explore Alea's extraordinary musical gift and learn about the daily meditations she offers called Cups of Consciousness. Welcome, Alea. I'm so happy to have you with us. Thank you so much. It is wonderful to be here. Well, it's a great way to kick off the new year. It's uh, supposed to be, 2012 is supposed to be a year of uh, heightened vibration, and since this is your area... Tell us a bit about how you got into energy and vibrational healing. I actually started my healing career about 20 years ago as a doctor of oriental medicine, massage therapist. And then in 2001, I had an enlightenment experience lying on a sound table. So a sound table is literally a waterbed that has speakers underneath it. And so through the power of sound and in this sound table session, my consciousness shifted and I started hearing in that consciousness shift, I started hearing other sounds coming from the higher realms. I call it the spheres of sound, the spheres of healing, the angelic choir. And in dream time and in meditation and in my private practice, I started being guided by these angelic beings to start using sound to help shift people, their physical bodies, the pain, the consciousness. And then after about two years of working with these beings in meditation and in my private practice during healing sessions, I started dreaming about the whales and the dolphins, the master sound healers. And I was then urged to move to California and started studying with them and would go literally kayaking and they would show up and telepathically communicate with me and show me how to use my voice in more profound ways to assist with the transformation of people's consciousness. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) A a bit different. (laughs) Well, you know, um, it's different, but more and more people are telling stories of having these spontaneous awakenings. Sometimes they come at the lowest point in their lives, and sometimes they come at a very relaxed or high point. Mm -hmm. And I think it's happening more and more for people, more and more for people. And it can be really disorienting when you don't know what's happening. If I hadn't been in a sound healing session and had just been walking down the street and within 30 seconds, my consciousness shifted and all of the issues dissolved and different memories started appearing and greater awareness of other realms, you know, there, there could be an could have been a psych word in my future, but fortunately, I had been in the realm of healing and knew about how the consciousness shifts when we're exposed to higher vibrations, and so was not as disoriented as some other people could be. Absolutely. I interviewed Jonas Elrod a couple of weeks ago, who had this kind of experience and actually did go to a shrink and, <laughs> and get himself very thoroughly checked out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and there's a ton of books now, fortunately. I think 20 or 30 years ago, it might have been a bit 
more of a lonely experience. But now with the whole New Age movement, a lot of these phenomenons, you know, the weird headaches, feeling feather touches on your cheeks, seeing beings, hearing voices, it's just an indicator that we really do live in a multidimensional world, that we are vibrational beings and we're not alone. Now, what did these beings tell you about the use of your voice? Is this your primary instrument in creating change? I think it is. I think that we are all sound. As as you know, we're all vibrational beings and we all make particular sounds and everybody that holds a specific consciousness has a specific sound that they're emanating. And when we're making a sound of pain, we literally magnetically draw to us pain. And when we change that sound that's happening within us, and even the sound of our voice, we then start shifting what we magnetically draw to us and the vibrations, the thoughts that we connect with and literally live in. So yes, I would say that my voice is definitely a key component, but I also am very conscious about using my higher self. It's that energetic aspect of me that I have energetic fields around me. We all do. And that is another major tool that I use, the higher self, using the energetic fields, and then my actual physical voice. Well, it's all a continuum, isn't it? From sound to light. Mm-hmm. It's just- different types of vibration it is and i think that as we start to become aware of these other realms where we are expressing ourselves we start being able to access different tools like the frequencies of light and sacred geometric shapes and sounds that perhaps are not happening in the physical realm but we can actually have sounds happening in the higher realms and when i speak about the guides that i work with i really think of them as the angelic ones that are masters of sound um and the whales and the dolphins are also definitely teachers and guides for me. That is so fascinating. Uh, if you've just joined us, you're listening to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight, and we're speaking with Alea Dow, discussing sound healing and her CD, Awaken. And if you want to call in, our toll-free number is 877-230-3062. Well, Alea, you know, we... We do have a little sample of your toning to play for us. Uh, this is a sample from one of your the tracks in your CD, Awaken, called Come Back. Is, that's just magical. It really kind of transports you to a different realm. What were you trying to do with your music in this CD? Um, there's actually two CDs, and that comeback track is from my new CD that I'm still in the process of mastering and creating. And the Awaken song, the Awaken CD that I created with Barry Goldstein in 2007, that Awaken CD that I created, and there are samples on my website um, for that CD, I created the Awaken CD really for me 
in my awakening process wanting to hear music that reminded me of that angelic realm. I call it kind of our spiritual family, our spiritual home. And so that was from the Awaken CD, but then that last track, Come Back, I am starting to now work with my music and the songs that I'm creating more as healing modalities. It's that place of remembering that we have this place of incredible connection inside of ourselves. We have this inner home, and it's about coming back to our true self, our true essence. There's no efforting there. There's no struggle. And so when I was singing the song, creating it, composing it with my pianist, George Friedenthal, it was from that guise of come back to yourself, come back to your essence. And then there are tones that specifically assist the vibration of a soul in coming back to that connected consciousness. You you talk about remembering. So it's creating like a resonance with a part of you that's sort of be beyond your conscious awareness. Correct. And that is the hardest part because our worlds are so programmed for us navigating the world from the mind. And I was actually just having a conversation with my husband last night about how um, with my work, with my music, it's really not for the mind. It's for some other part of you. It's for your energy self, for your higher self, for this multidimensional aspect of you. And so in the beginning, it's pretty hard to market that, right? Like this isn't <laughs> for your mind. This is for your energy fields that you don't even know you have. And um, when we allow ourselves to receive these vibrations and these sounds in a different way, again, not watching them from the mind, it shifts our consciousness. So I know there's the whole um, thought of you know positive affirmations. And if you have enough positive affirmations and say them all day long, it'll help shift your consciousness. And I actually tried that for a couple of years. And it didn't really work for me. So I started creating different modalities and tools and using energetic protocols, energetic prayers, and tones like this music to help us shift our consciousness within 20 to 30 seconds so that we can release some of these old patterns that just are no longer serving. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fast I know. I'm, I'm totally programmed for efficiency. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> It's like looking at the behavior and going, wait, what I'm really wanting out of that behavior is to be connected. Okay, well, let's just move into connection instead of, you know, insecurity or disempowerment or self-doubt. You know what this brings to mind? Are you familiar with the work of Bruce Lipton, the biochemist? I am, yes. It was some of the first work that I read um, about the energy fields and how we how we can use our, our thoughts and our intentions to shift our consciousness. Well, what Bruce is saying is that um, we actually have receptors on the outside of every single cell in our body yes. that act like mini brains, and that's our connection to the universe. So when you are putting this vibration into the field, our whole body can respond to it. It doesn't have to go through our brain at all. Correct. Correct. Exactly. And um, I think of the physical human form as this huge receiver of energetic information. And it has a slightly different consciousness than us as souls. There are several different belief systems where we have... Um, Basically, our body has a different consciousness than we, and the journey is getting these two different systems communicating and relaying 
resonant fields, meaning holding the same consciousness. So sometimes we'll be in a situation and we'll react and respond and look at ourselves and go, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. But it was a biological response from a place of fear or protection. And then our souls start to look at it and go, you know what? I don't need to respond that way. And so it's about helping the body move into a more conscious way of being instead of that reactive state. So yes, our bodies have this incredible field and then our soul's essence has also an ability to receive information from the higher realms and we it's you know it takes two to tango and bringing both of those consciousnesses into the same sort of the same playing field the same level well what you're drawing a distinction between is what i would call reaction or reactivity and consciousness which is initiating it from a place of uh, your action from a place of understanding and intent exactly and that's what the new consciousness is about it's stopping to be fear-based and reactive and moving into i hate to use the word control because that has such negative connotations as well but perhaps personal power to create your reality well, and I love that you just used the word control because we as souls are control monkeys. We, we love to control all situations, especially external situations. But what we could be really good at is to control ourselves staying in our core essence. And so we want to use that mastery or that addiction for control and bring it internal and staying in this incredibly connected place. I call that the divine line. It's this river of light that flows on the front of the spine. In yoga, they call it the shashumna. In oriental medicine, they call it the hara line. And if we bring our control into that place, we move instantly into this incredible place of connection, empowerment, and clarity. You, you teach that. Uh, you have classes that teach that. I do, and I also do those daily cups. Um, they're daily cups of consciousness, so I create five- to seven-minute audio files, little meditations that have toning and energetic protocols, energetic prayers, and I will speak to people at the level of their higher self, their energy self, and help them bring their control back into that divine, bring, bring their sense of connection, all of their perceptions for reality into that connected river of light that exists within all of us all the time is meditation more effective with music um you know i think everybody's different in terms of what they need and depending on the situation the vibration that they're moving through or in or out of so i i would have to say that i couldn't generalize like yes it is or yet or no it isn't i think it really depends on the individual and where the individual is at their particular moment of evolution Mm-hmm. Some people really resonate with music and, and they only want to hear music and no words. Um, so, you know, it's going to be more effective for those kind of people. And some people just need silence and some people need a little bit of guided meditations. How do you come up with your imagery? I actually go into a deep meditative stance. And um, you mean the daily cups of consciousness, those little meditations that I bring mm-hmm. in every day? I go into a deep meditation and I 
invite that energetic part of me to actually travel forward in time and I sit above the planet so I literally see the planet below me and I sit in the current of energy that is coming onto the planet on that day. It's kind of like an energetic weather forecast and I can feel the frequencies of this energetic weather that is going to be coming onto the planet on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday and then I get that little bit of information. Sometimes it's a vision. Sometimes it's um, like an energetic protocol that comes through. Sometimes it's a word. And then I get more guidance from the higher realms about how to help people balance with that energetic weather that's coming onto the planet. And then I will teleport forward in time and check the next day and the next day and the next day. So it's it's definitely an energetic experience and it's a place of completely surrendering and not knowing and just feeling the vibrations and the consciousness that is coming onto the planet every day that can help us in our growth and evolution instead of having to use drama, trauma, pain and suffering as the mechanism for growth. Oh, but we're so addicted to that. (laughs) Um, But it doesn't feel good. (laughs) (laughs) So you do these short term forecasts. Can you do long range forecasting too? I can. I can. So what do you see in the year ahead for us, the, the dreaded 2012? <laughs> the dreaded 2012 actually looks incredibly light, fast, and the only dread part would be that it has a very raw vibration to it. With that rawness, it's like we're getting used to not having all of our old protection mechanisms, all of the fear that maybe we used to use as a buffer and we're basically standing naked and for some people that might be really disorienting for people that like running around naked it's going to be a fabulous year and so in the daily meditations you know I'm going to be bringing in meditations of getting comfortable in the raw letting that be the new comfort zone and that means that if people are struggling to lose weight you know this is a great year to lose weight it's a great year to Take down the mask, take down the buffers, take down the fear. It's all about letting go of the energy that we've been carrying perhaps for many, many incarnations that don't serve us and moving into a more authentic, raw, real, clean, clear place. And when we interact and engage with people that are not in their raw authenticness, it's going to be very obvious and very uncomfortable. Because there isn't a resonance, a a harmonic resonance. We're all getting more sensitive. Even Joe, who sits on the couch and sucks down, you know, beer and watches football, love football, that's great. But, you know, for people that are not even consciously engaged in spiritual growth and evolution, they too are also becoming more energetically sensitive because the entire planet is moving into a higher vibration. Fascinating. It sounds like this this rawness also predisposes to closer connections. Would that be the case? It definitely can. I think that the majority of people, though, have learned through societal um, mores to be codependent. And so those codependent behaviors are going to become intolerable. And we're going to start looking for more co-creative ways of being with each other and interacting. 
and um, teaching co-creativity, meaning I don't need to be responsible for loving you. I need to be responsible for loving me. As I love me, I have the capacity to love others to a greater degree and show others how to love themselves if they so choose. And so that codependent component comes when we carry responsibilities that are not ours for other people. That disempowers people, gets us into an energetically fused situation, and then we get confused. And that confused, fused energy will become intolerable in 2012 as we seek more co-creative, healthier, cleaner ways of being with ourselves and with each other. Confused, fused energy. Okay. <laughs> well, if you're, if you're carrying responsibility for somebody, so if I have a client who comes to me and I then carry responsibility for their growth and their evolution, I am then going to be more empathically sensitive to their reality. They're not going to spiritually shift, grow, and evolve because it's actually their responsibility and they need to carry it. So if people are empathically sensitive, we always want to ask the question, where are you carrying the response, energetic responsibility for somebody that is not yours? Mm -hmm. When we hand that energetic responsibility back to them, we release the empathic sensitivity of all of their stuff where we literally walked a mile in their shoes. Then we hold the solution within ourselves, modeling that to them, we move into a co-creative relationship that is not fused, that is not highly empathic, and we can hold a more compassionate, clean, clear energy for another. And I actually created a deck that should be out in the next month called the Empathic Sensitivity Deck because for a time I was highly empathically sensitive and had no idea where I was feeling off, from where I was feeling all of these feelings. And so I have now created this sort of 19 card deck that tells you where you're picking up the anger, the frustration, the headache, the disorientation. Uh, 90% of the time what we're feeling is not even our own. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. I, I'll be quite keen to see that. Yeah. While you were talking about that, I was thinking about the other side of the coin, which is something that we see particularly with uh, alternative medicine in people, but well, with allopathic medicine as well. But it's sad with alternative medicine because what we do is we go to the doctor and we say, fix me. There's mm-hmm. something wrong. Fix me. And I need, um, and, and what they're doing is shifting this, uh, same attitude to the alternative healer. And you're, you're really, abrogating your own power and saying to somebody else, you know, the healing is outside of me. And and what you're doing is so important by bringing the responsibility and the power and the control back inside. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I actually have a disclaimer um, that I have my clients sign and say, you know, it's that place of I am personally responsible for my reality and all that I create. And it's an opportunity for growth and evolution. And then I, I share with people that I am simply holding a container, a safe and sacred space for you to bring in your own solutions and for for you to get clear about how it is you need to shift your life to move into greater balance. So I never look at disease or challenge or struggle as a bad thing, but more as an opportunity for us to grow and evolve. And when we're at a certain level of our evolution, we will do the opposite of that which we are intending. 
So if I want to master empowerment and I'm at a certain level of evolution, I will be fully engaged in the victim. I will have people come attack me and do horrible things to me because my soul is determined to master a certain level of empowerment. And as soon as I collect enough what I call victim chips, (laughs) I will then flip into the vibration of empowerment. And so when I'm working with people, I say, okay, well, what's the opposite of this energy? And how many more of those chips do you need to collect to eventually get to the place of being in the the activation of the spiritual lesson? And then our challenges are no longer our traumas. They are our greatest strength. Victim chips. I love it. (laughs) Control (laughs) chips, you know, (laughs) joy chips. (laughs) Well, if you've just joined us, you're listening to New Consciousness Review, uh, and I'm Miriam Knight. We're speaking with Alea Dow, uh, sound healer and spiritual guide. And if you want to call in, our toll-free number is 877-230-3062. So. And Miriam, I actually have a funny, quick little story about the chips and I was working with a six-year-old, and she had the pattern of controlling everything external. And I said, oh, you put your control chips out on everybody. So every single day, I gave her the homework to collect her control chips off of everyone and just to control herself. And about three weeks later, her behavior had shifted quite radically, and she was sitting and watching her parents. And she said completely out of the blue, Daddy, lift all of your control chips off of Mommy and hold them in your own core. <laughs> You know, it's like a six-year-old energetically seeing her parents trying to control each other, her father trying to control her mother, and using that languaging. And fortunately, he was keen on the idea and, you know, started shifting himself. So it is powerful and profound work that can really help us live more empowered, joyous lives. Mm, Lovely. Well, we're going to take a short break now, and then we'll be right back with our guest, Alea Dow. Albert Einstein said, I believe in intuition and inspiration. Imagination is more important than knowledge, for knowledge is limited, whereas imagination embraces the entire world, stimulating progress, giving birth to evolution. New Consciousness Review is all about the media of inspiration and trusting your intuition. Join us at ncreview.com. Your partner in conscious evolution. Did you know that you can rate this show on iTunes? The show you're listening to right now. It's true. You can leave your thoughts about the show, the topic, the guest. You can even leave a suggestion. Then before you leave, rate the show. The hosts love hearing from you. So next time you download this show from iTunes, leave your thoughts and rate the show for the host and for others. And we're back. I'm Miriam Knight, and we're speaking with Alea Dow. Uh, I do believe we have a caller on the line. Uh, Kate, are you there? Yes. 
Hi there. Do you have a question for Alea? I do. Hi, Alea. Hi, Kate. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? Good. I am working with something um, for the past couple of days since you helped my husband with something. And as soon as he told me about it, it got my wheels turning about a, a, a clearing that you all did. And I realized I had a similar thing. And it, for me, it's just a, a pervasive kind of dark blanket energy I keep feeling around me, but I wasn't really conscious about it until he told me about his experience with you. And I'm working it, I'm trying to track it and figure out the source, and I'm heartened to know that if I, if it's, as you say, that if it's in my presence, if I'm thinking about it, it means it's, you know, on its way out. But I'm wondering about help for how to track something that's that I can't quite pinpoint. I don't know really what it is. I can just sort of feel the presence of it there, but I can't track it to really get it totally up and out. Well, Kate, you bring up a really great piece that um, that if we have an energy that we have been struggling with for a long time, it kind of might come and go, and then we're working in the higher realms, using your higher self, using sound, whatever tools you have, and it's not shifting, not shifting. There is a high likelihood that whatever it is that you are energetically or emotionally feeling, that it actually doesn't belong to you. Meaning you are trying to shift an energy that's not yours. We can only change and shift energy that belongs to us, meaning we have a soul contract and an, an, an intention to shift it ourselves. And so my sense is that whatever it is you're struggling with, you're actually carrying a vibration, maybe holding responsibility for another person and trying to shift their piece. It might be an ancestor. So what I'm going to recommend for you is to work, use your tools that you've learned using your higher self, your energy fields to locate that vibration that you're holding and struggling with that is not yours and ask that it be released as well as all of the empathic sensitivity that goes with it. So it's kind of like you can only brush your own teeth. You don't really want to go brush other somebody else's teeth. And so, again, with an energetic sensitivity and emotions, it might not be yours. So I invite you to kind of ponder that one, and I'll work with you in the higher realms. Okay. I actually thought about that, and I was actually wondering if the thing that my husband was having was mine. Um, and then the fact that he didn't, he wasn't holding on to it or trying to fix it, it got sent back to me for me to deal with, <laughs> which is I would, so I would healthy and wonderful. <laughs> the, co- the codependent relationship transforming into a co-creative one, right? Yeah. All the layers. Which is so beautifully fun to work through, but I know I'm going to get it. I'm just wondering, so so I have tried that. I guess I just, I, I, I did actually think that it was probably somebody else's because it does feel kind of karmic and ancient um, mm-hmm. and deep. Yes. So, I, so just keep at it. If I'm not getting it, just, keep at it um yeah and you can also there's another tool that i will bring in for myself if i'm struggling with an energy i will actually call myself from the future as an ascended master to come and assist me in whatever it is i am working through because some part of me in some time space continuum has the answers so i would invite you to bring that part of you in to help you clear whatever this energy is again if it's not yours release it and when you invite that part of you from the future as an ascended master you are 
staying in alignment with empowerment as opposed to using an external energy to shift you. So it's all about every time we get challenged by something, we want to take the steps that help us move us into greater empowerment instead of having guides do it for us. Have you from the future as an ascended master do it for you? I love that. That feels right. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. So you uh, say that we should use ourselves for the future, but is there anything wrong with using external energies? Um, There isn't anything wrong with using external energies unless we've been in a pattern of thinking that no, that we can't help ourselves, that there is that help that's external, like you were talking about when we go into a doctor's office mm-hmm. or an alternative health care practitioner, that they must have the solution for us. And so in my office, in my practice, I see a lot of people who have been giving their power away to healers, teachers, parents, partners. And it's really the journey about them realizing that they have the power within them or some part of them, if they don't feel like they have it in this very moment, some part of them in the past or the future does have it. And so that helps them move into greater degrees of empowerment. So do you have any techniques for using your own energy field or pulling in energy to your field to effect some transformation? I do. In terms of, um, well, let me ask a a question. Is it more like manifesting something in my outer world or shifting a a behavior or a belief system that's not working? Which one would? Well, start with one and then do the other. (laughs) Perfect. So the manifesting component, if I want to create something in my outer world, I will start bringing my awareness inside myself. It's that divine line that flows on the front of the spine. And it's this river of light. So if I want more financial abundance, if I want a community that loves and supports me, I need to first find those vibrations of support or freedom or connection internally. And as I invite that energetic aspect of myself, I call it the higher self, the energy fields, just simply the imagination, using your breath, bringing your awareness inside yourself, feel into that river of light that is already carrying that vibration that you are desiring in the outer world. So we're feeling it internal. And as that river of energy of support or validation or approval or connection starts to happen internally, we actually then start being able to magnetically draw those situations to us in the outer world. I have these seven principles that I teach in my classes um, online and in person, and it talks about these seven steps and the second step is your internal reality creates your outer world so when we shift our awareness and we start to connect with the vibration that we're intending internally we create it externally and then if i was going to be using a tool of shifting a behavior i would first ask my higher self is this my issue and if it isn't, send it back to its right and perfect place, along with all relevant and appropriate information, releasing that responsibility. And then if it is my issue, and you want to clear the empathic sensitivity, if it is my issue, I'm going to use my flip it sheet. And I actually have that on my website. I designed this flip it sheet of we do the opposite of that, which we're intending. So if I'm feeling a lot of... Um, 
Well, we'll use the victim vibration. My soul is intending on moving into a greater degree of empowerment. And so I will allow myself in the higher realms energetically with my imagination to think of all of the times I've ever been a victim, all of the times I was in lack. And I will ask for a healing of all of those moments, literally flipping all of those moments into the activation of the spiritual lesson, into abundance, into empowerment, into connection, into joy, whatever it might be. I think this is called doing the work. It's yes. on yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. And when we take the responsibility of we are creating our reality, our mothers, our fathers, our partners didn't make us sad, depressed poverty-stricken people, we actually ask them to show up in our lives to hold that space so that we could learn whatever it is we're determined to learn. And when we take that personal responsibility, we step off of what I call the pain train and onto the pleasure train, onto the empowered train, when we can actually start moving forward with our life. But if we're not carrying that personal responsibility, we stay in a place of disempowerment where it's everybody else's fault and then somebody else has to fix us and heal us instead of us doing it for ourselves. Mm. Mm -hmm. What is the most profound experience that you've had with this work? That is a wonderful question because every day is, um, is a profound experience for me. Um, I immediately flashed to, the dolphins and being with the dolphins and being out on my kayak and they weren't there that morning and I realized that I was looking to them for connection and so I brought my awareness inside and I allowed myself to access that river of light that flows within me in an even greater way and I felt this incredible current of peace that started to to come within me and it's actually never left since that moment but I realized that I had to go within and as soon as I tapped into that current of light literally five five dolphins appeared and they just floated next to my kayak for like 10 or 15 minutes and they would roll over on their backs and they would stick their they stick their head out of the water and open their mouths and made these actual verbal vocalization and it was this it was this extraordinary magical moment of realizing that when i shift me I move into a different dimensional realm where my outer world reflects that level of inner magic back to me. So that was the first moment that flashed upon me as opposed to, you know, being in a treatment room or in a particular healing. Did the dolphins actually teach you some vocalizations? They definitely did. And um, for two years, I actually worked with them and they would come to me in dream time and they'd say, Alea, meet us at Butterfly Beach at eight o'clock with your kayak. So I would show up at Butterfly Beach at eight o'clock and there they would be. And um, so we would go out for half an hour to an hour and they would swim next to me and they would telepathically communicate with me and tell me how to use my voice and bounce it off of different vertebra and chakras and spin the sounds to affect a particular intention, vibration, consciousness shift. And then after two years of sound classes with the dolphins on the water in my kayak, they said, okay, now it's time you go and learn from a human vocal teacher. And I went through a few vocal teachers and now I'm working with a woman out of the Montecito Music Academy um, 
Agatha, and she's fabulous and wonderful and is actually teaching me how to sing English now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you give us an example of something the the dolphins taught you? I mean, would it it shatter... uh Radio receivers? No, I don't think so. (laughs) I'll bring in a low tone, which is, um, you know, better for for the technology. And that low tones can be very grounding. Mm -hmm. We all need grounding. It's hard, hard to believe that a human voice can create that sound. Yeah, it's, um, and I kind of think about it like, no, not everybody can do that. You know, it's like, <laughs> tone. So those are, you know, that's just a little sample of some of the sounds. And then I bring in what I call light language, which is the language that I use to communicate with the angelic realm, my guides. And, um, and so... There are also tones that go with that. Have you ever met anyone? Because I, I've met a lot of different people who speak or or write or something in star language. Uh, have you found any commonalities with other people? Can you understand them? I can, and I and I have met a handful, not a lot. Um, but I do have a few friends that are in that realm of light language. I haven't met anybody, actually children, that's not true. Children speak light language. They remember it up until the age of about three or four, depending. And so I do have a lot of children in my life, and they will they will spontaneously go into their light language when they hear me speaking light language. Um, but I do have a few friends who are over the age of five who do write light language and understand light language and we communicate telepathically the majority of my friends are telepathic and we have lovely conversations and relationships in the higher realms as well as occasionally meeting for tea in the physical one well that saves on phone bills doesn't it does (laughs) and time (laughs) what have you learned about yourself on this journey say that I have learned that I have a certain level of of joy. I don't think I quite realized the level of joy that my soul had had fully actualized from all of my incarnations and this incarnation is about allowing myself to tap in on that current inner current of joy that comes from a place of deep peace. There's I was sort of pondering happiness and am I really happy? And I would say that I am really at a place of peace and happiness comes from that deep place of peace. So I'm kind of relishing all of this hard work that I've spent sort of thousands of years uh, getting to to be in this place of joy and play and modeling right energy and sharing these tools instead of feeling like I have to be responsible for the evolution of humanity. Um, and that's a pretty grandiose statement, but I think all healers, all people that have their heart bent on service can sometimes have an attachment to humanity evolving. And I finally have gotten to the place over, you know, 
these years of doing my inner work of being able to hold a compassionate, loving place. And that doesn't mean I never get triggered or reactive, but just holding a place of compassion for where people are in their evolution and understanding that they're using the tools that they know. And if they have a safe space, that they actually might grow and evolve in a little bit more of a gentle, graceful way instead of me being attached to how that looks for them. So getting clean and holding that clarity, that cleanliness energetically, and just relishing the joy and, and, and amplifying the joy in every day. I just, as you were speaking, I had this image of these pods of dolphins playing, leaping in the ocean in the sunlight. They do. And yeah. um, that, that is actually, you know, I have these little goals in my life. I would actually like to, um, about five years from now, have a, a boat that I have a live video webcam. And every, you know, week I take people out on the boat. Now, those people might not be on the boat with me, but they might be watching on the live video webcam over the Internet playing, communicating, connecting with the dolphins, singing to the dolphins, having the dolphins sing back to me, singing to the whales underwater and having the whales amplified on an underwater speaker, communicating back and doing healing work and sharing information using that modality. Well, let me know when it's up and running because I want to come for a trip. (laughs) I will. (laughs) I will. You, You use... Um, meditations to to clear blocks and addictions and you know for all kinds of things Um, do you have any advice for our listeners who want to practice meditation yes there are many different forms of meditation so allowing yourself to go and research what kind of meditation works for you qigong is a meditation it's when we use our bodies and tai chi yoga can be meditation we can have walking meditation and the meditations that i offer i kind of you know i use the word meditation because it's something that people understand but i almost feel like there's not yet a word in our english dictionary that explains what i really do my meditations are really more like little energy balancing healing sessions of using our higher self, our energetic fields, to shift our consciousness. I think the essence of meditation is moving into a place of incredible inner calm and connection and finding that true resonance field of our essence so that as we move in the day, we can use that reference point that we had in the meditative practice in the morning to go, oh, wait, this isn't really how I want to react and respond. It slows us down. It gives us a different reference point to move from. And so is the the meditations that I do pure meditation? No, it's more of an energy balancing healing session that you can use as you, as you find that place of stillness. And so you ask the question, is music more powerful? I actually think that when we can get the mind to a certain level of quiet and calm, uh, that is when we delve into silent meditation, that silent meditation can actually be one of the most prof- profound and powerful because we move into this deep source field. And so those energetic protocols that I bring in are really to help quiet the mind, to clear the clutter, and to help you find a deeper place of connection that you can then hold throughout the day and be less reactive, more compassionate, and mm-hmm. more conscious. Mm. Uh, tell us um, how people can find out about the the cups of consciousness. It's it's like a subscription series, isn't it? 
It is, but I would love to gift everybody listening with a free week of the Daily Cups. And so they come during the week, just the weekdays, and you can go to Alea, A-L-E-Y-A, dao.com and sign up for a free week of your daily cups and then after your week if they resonate for you you can subscribe for ten dollars a month you get 20 meditations 20 energetic protocols prayers healings um every weekday and uh it's only ten dollars you know i try to make it really affordable so that people can use you know learn learn these tools and then carry it on in their life and they're really brief. They're just like five minutes, right? Five to eight minutes, sometimes 10 minutes at the longest. Um, so, you know, you can actually have a lot of people that listen to them while they're opening up their email, multitasking. Some people <laughs> listen as they're falling asleep at night. And again, they're not for the mind. They're more for the energy field. So you actually don't have to listen to them. You just play them in the background and some other part of you is listening and shifting you, which is really quite lovely because it might be that one part of the day where you don't really have to do anything but let some other part of you do it. Well, that's back to our efficiency. Alea, right. you are a spiritual <laughs> efficiency expert. That's right. <laughs> We've got a lot to do here. We might as well be efficient, right? <laughs> Use our energy fields. <laughs> so let's let's uh, review your website again. It's aleyadao.com, A-L-E-Y-A-D-A-O.com, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Well, Alea, it's been such a delight having you with us today. I'm, I'm so pleased. To have, uh, actually to have had the privilege of getting your CD for free and enjoying every bit of it. Good. I'm so glad you did. And it's been an honor to be on your show. Well, a very wonderful, wonderful time it's been. And I hope our listeners will join us next week when our guest will be Paul Jaminet. We'll be discussing his book, The Perfect Health Diet, and the surprising conclusions that he and his PhD wife have come to after years of research. You know, especially at this time of year where we're cleaning up our act, don't miss it. And now we are going to close our show with a real treat, a beautiful track from Alea's a new work called Remember. Enjoy. Remember 
You can connect with Alea through her website, aleadao.com. That's A-L-E-Y-A-D-A-O dot com. Well, that wraps up our show for today. And if you're looking for more great information and inspiration, check out our free community of readers and authors at ncreview.com. I'm Miriam Knight. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>